This is the Coast to Coast Combat Hour. Ed Carbajal, as always, here with Matthew Hawkins. Uh, we return on the week that the UFC returns to action. Um, first episode of the New Year brought to you by All Access MMA. Matt, Happy New Year, man. Uh, happy New Year to, to the folks that listen in and uh, watch us. Um, just because, again, I know we're a week uh, a little bit late, uh, but obviously there were some technical difficulties having some challenges here with the hardware, but that shall be resolved shortly. Matt, so how's your new year so far? So far, so good. Uh, You know, dodging COVID like the goddamn matrix, but uh, Mm. hopefully that continues. But other than that, no, um, you know, can't complain. Uh, Not bad having a week off last week. I know we had some technical difficulties. Been pretty consistent, but it was kind of a slow week uh, following the end of the year. And uh, we didn't have the typical UFC New Year's event that uh, we had kind of gotten used to for a little while, but um, you know, yeah. Japan didn't let us down. I don't no. know. Did you get, did you get to catch? Uh, I, I know you didn't pull the all nighter, uh, but did you get a chance to catch uh, some of the good highlights or watch some of the fights from right? Yeah, now? yeah, I watched the fights that I was uh, concerned with. I saw uh, uh, Hideo Takoro's submission over uh, <clears throat> Shibata, and, and then obviously the uh, Horaguchi's. Uh, dominating comeback and not for nothing man sometimes it's good to get some rest and recovery and you know you come back a thousand percent i mean i feel like that was the case with horiguchi because he was he was you know leading up to his knee injury he did have a really really (laughs) busy year winning two titles and fighting everybody that wanted to challenge him uh all over the globe so yeah i think i brought that up with uh hunter uh where it's like the dude the dude didn't, you know, he wasn't turning down any challenges and in MMA, when you keep fighting and you just keep constantly popping up every, you know, on a pretty constant schedule, eventually you're going to take a loss. And he fought a, a young dude who has, has punching power um, and a good future ahead of him. And, and he got caught. Uh, maybe he was cocky. Maybe he didn't train properly. Uh, maybe he kind of took the new year's a little light that year and, and, and he got caught. It wasn't a new year's Eve event, but mm. maybe that, maybe that's uh, maybe he just got caught maybe, you know, and uh, this event, he really, uh, I feel like he really real re-solidified himself as, as the, one of the top flyweight bantamweight uh, pound for pound fighters in the entire planet today. And uh, yeah, you know, I know a lot of the media, the big media doesn't necessarily follow it, but um, I, I did, even though they weren't necessarily following it to a T, it was nice to see his name in the news a little bit, even by some of the guys who admittedly don't really know. Um, I'm not going to say they don't know what they're talking about, but they don't, they're not, they're not up to date necessarily on his career or the Japanese scene. Um, it was still nice to see his name at least get brought up on those, on some of those shows. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it was to, to bash them as we, we know some folks did, but um, you know, one thing, one thing I, I as soon, of course, you know, uh, with the way things are now in the world or with with COVID and, and you know, uh, this is wishful thinking. But, uh, I mean, my, of course, with a, a victory like that, my first thought is, is he going to try to do uh, get back both titles? He got back with the one. Is he going to try to get back the other one? You know, is he going to tr- is he going to go back to Bellator, make some waves? There's guys over there that seem to be want to fight him. But, uh, you know, logistically, we have to, you know, consider how realistic that is going to be. I mean, I know the uh, vaccine is out and listen, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. It's an, um, we, we, you know, we try not to, to be uh, too political or too negative on here, but it's one of those things that's, uh, 
you know, it, it, it's definitely a reality in MMA when you lose a thousand fights to COVID last year. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. so you have well, to wonder. I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't know. What, I, I would hope he'd go. He'd come back for for both, but that, it could be wishful thinking on my part. What do you think? Well, I mean, right now. It's obviously early planning, but it sounds like Ryzen uh, is planning like a, a mega show. Uh, I want to say April, uh, the date. I might be wrong on the, the month, but I, for some reason April's popping in my head. Where they were talking about having a big show at the uh, uh, oh yeah at the Tokyo Dome. So we're, I mean, we're talking even if they do a COVID crowd. I believe that stadium holds something like 90,000, 100,000. So even with a COVID crowd, you might be able to get, you know, 30, 35,000 in there, um, depending on what the status is in Japan. But, mm. so, uh, you know, we said Archuleta basically kind of calling him out for for that, that Ryzen show. Uh, so I think that that's the reality is we'll probably, I don't think, I don't think Ryzen is going to shoot Horiguchi immediately over to Bellator. I think mm. now that he's got his knee healed, he got the big win on New Year's. I think I think Japan's probably going to milk a little bit out of that uh, before they risk sending him to the states uh, to fight. You know, Archuleta, I guess. You know, assuming we do the back to back thing. So uh, realistically, I think we'll get the first fight of those two. If we're going to do a series, uh, I think we get the first fight of those two in uh, in, in Ryzen. Maybe let's say April, and then we probably push towards the end of the year and maybe uh, and. and Bellator, I imagine at that point would be hoping that there's the world is turning and they're able to uh, yeah to bring them in. Not that you know, as great as Archuleta and Horchiguchi are, um, I, I don't know if that sells out an arena in the United States. And that's no disrespect to those guys. I just don't know if that's you know, if you put Cyborg on the co-main event or something, yeah, you're gonna do it. Yeah. But just them, so I don't know if it, it, I don't know if it's as big uh, to Bellator with those guys. Because although they're obviously great pound for pound fighters and top at their weight class, I don't know if it's the money making concern. Like basically, like Fedor hasn't fought because they're not going to do a Fedor fight in an empty arena, yeah. you know. And obviously, he's different situation. He's not a world champion, and he's not one of these young killers going right now. But there's certain guys that they're not pushing. I was surprised we saw Cyborg fight, but I mean, you can only go so long. If we got a second Cyborg fight without a crowd, I'd be shocked. Um, and I, I know there's some rumors and stuff going, but you know, the, the, the new year's Eve thing in general was, was great. I, um, I was up in Idaho. Uh, so I grinded till about 2 AM. Uh, I think I made it to like the second intermission and then, uh, and then caught it. But like you said, the, the Tokoro fight, um, outstanding, you know, love scene in old school. I mean, you called it the dude, you know wasn't the fight of the night but it was entertaining as hell you know you're you're watching a, a olympic gold medalist going up mm. against this mma vet who i mean it's like we said he's either going to get dropped on his head or we're going to see a flying triangle and we damn near almost did uh yeah. you know so uh you gotta love that obviously seeing manoa man get crushed uh wasn't something that uh is great for the old school fans um but uh you know uh, again, uh, I think basically, you know, between tension, tension in the co-main event kickboxing, did his thing remained undefeated, moving to like 30, you know, I think maybe 20. No, shoot, he's approaching 40, you know, now, um, you know, between him and Horiguchi, I, I think it was all a win for Ryzen. I think their ratings did pretty well. And um, I just thought I, I love the New Year's Eve show. I know yeah, the, no, it, it's uh, on the East Coast, that's a killer on the East Coast because you don't it doesn't even start till like 1 a.m. Yeah, I mean, but I do like I mean, when you look back, I mean, one one thing 
one thing obviously for me because I covered the last two. I mean, the last when you think about the people at WSOF and changing the PFL, every time they did something here on New Year's Eve in Madison Square Garden in New York City, where the ball drops and everybody's kind of watching because it's uh, you know it's uh, the year changing over here in the states. I I always deep down inside, I always kind of like it, it was always something I wished for back in the days of Pride. You know, like I would love for sort of something MMA related to happen on New Year's Eve and be a part of it. And uh, I'm, I mean, I was fortunate to be a part of those things. So this year, you know, uh, but in Japan, they've always done it. They're kind of the, they started it. Anyone else doing it is copying. So like you said, man, it was just really, uh, it was probably, if you're a fight fan, I mean, you're a real, real fight fan, hardcore fight fan, you were the one, you were definitely, that was on your radar, whether you watched it live or you watched it after the fact, like I did, because I actually had to work that <laughs> on New Year's Eve until until six o'clock. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I mean, like I said, I didn't make it through the whole show. I was visiting family, and and to try to uh, to stay up till five in the morning probably wouldn't have been too. too no. much of a, I wouldn't have I, been. I you think, know, I think it was my yeah five in the morning. Yeah, yeah, you're right because uh, I think that the the main event didn't happen till like seven a.m. My I was just waking up and having my coffee. Yeah, that's what I mean. You I know? stayed awake till about two, just kind of you know watching in the second intermission i just go you know what if i want to have any yeah. relationship with my family, i mean probably that should, should be at least alive yeah. on new year's uh new year's eve yeah i mean um, i was able to catch the highlights and stuff i mean because of that i was like, all right most of the stuff happened you know and like i was working but it was obviously you know end of the year if you're working on new year's eve i mean it's probably especially if you have like a ho-hum office type job you know there's nothing really going on that you have to uh address that's immediate so I was able to catch up by the time I signed out of work. Um, one quick housekeeping note, though, as we enter the new year, when you and I uh, do this podcast without a guest like we are for this first episode, we usually broadcast on uh, YouTube, Periscope, and Twitch. Uh, just a housekeeping note for folks that watch. I know sometimes Nolan King chimes in uh, on Periscope. Periscope's going away at the end of this month. Um, it's just switching over to Twitter Live, but... Um, so I assume that the connectivity will be the same. Um, they're just not going to use the Periscope name or, or, or I guess that little bubble logo anymore either. But for folks that do watch on Periscope or catch us on Periscope after the fact, it's uh you know it's either not going to be there or it's going to be Twitter Live. So <laughs> there's helpful information for anybody yeah. uh, like you said who watches on Periscope. Uh, uh, get back to Ryzen real quick. I ordered the pay per view. Uh, I know that there's there's a world where not everybody pays. I paid for it. Um, I was a little gun shy because it wasn't like a giant pay-per-view. It was cheap too. I did. It was, uh, I think it was 20, 25 bucks. Yeah. That's um, good. And I ordered it. Uh, flawless 1990 stream. prices. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Flawless stream. Um, gave me like, I think he gave me a week of replays. So that, that was the advantage of uh, being able to, to uh to when i ordered it i was able to to catch up by you know 10 a.m the next morning uh on the rest of the card well that's cool yeah so that's what i mean it wasn't like i was missing out before i even jumped on twitter or instagram or anything to get spoiler i was able to to just sit down and watch the last two hours of fights uh you know on my time so uh props to them they cut the price in half uh, if they do twenty four ninety five nineteen ninety five, I can't remember exactly the price. If they keep it in that price range, I think that they can uh, do a successful pay per view um, and at least get people who might search for streams. Um, 
that don't want to put up with the headache just to, to deal with it, um, especially if they offer the replay. Um, one thing, you know, you brought up PFL, and as I sat uh, sat on the couch on, on New Year's uh, Eve, I couldn't help but feel like they dropped the ball. Um, <laughs> they they had established, and I, I don't want to be too negative. Um, they haven't had any fights this year. No, but we've, we've but, kind of said that all year. But if we, you know, I feel like there was just wasn't a whole, I mean, obviously you had football, college football, and you had stuff, you know, going on. But I just felt like... Uh, I felt like even if you were going to do a no crowd event, just one event, why not throw together a five fight card to keep the New Year's Eve tradition going? They'd done it two years in a row. Um, it had been successful as far as a, a midday United States MMA event uh, television. Uh, I, I just I feel like why not? Kyla Harrison's begging for fights left and right. I mean, well, yeah, litigation was threatened by a few other fighters too. I mean. Like you're still in the year. Like I mean, I don't know what the contracts say. Like, but if you have to offer somebody a fight in the 2020 year, give them a fight on New Year. You know, I mean, it just seemed like it was a missed opportunity because they had gained momentum with yeah. that. And it, to me, it would have been like a cool thing for them to go like, "Hey, New Year's Eve spectacular, Kyla Harrison, uh, you know, uh, Cooper Junior. Here's you know, here's four of our most exciting fighters fighting. I don't care if they're fighting scrubs; they can fight anybody they want." Um, they could have done. They could have done six events and, and a, a shorter tournament. You know what I mean? I mean, maybe maybe not even for the million dollars. Maybe two hundred thousand or something like that. But they could have done something. And, you know, why, um, but I, you have Roy McDonald. You got Verdun. You got some big names yeah. on the contract. How about how about how about an introduction? Going, hey, don't forget about us. New Year's Eve, we got four fight scores, no, they, and, and we're going to jump into the tournament yeah. come June. You know, it would have been something to kind of keep some something fresh, and they had been successful with it. Like you talked about wanting something in the well, United now, yeah, States. Yeah, and, and now they have to do something to remind folks that they're still there to, to make mm-hmm. it look like they haven't folded. No, listen. We've been saying it when everyone else started. <clears throat> we've been saying it for a while that because um, normally their season starts in, in May, June, which is kind of when everyone started coming back anyway. We, I mean, we went through this throughout the year. I mean, I brought it up specifically because I, I, I covered them live, you know, on, on site and stuff. I mean, I've been to D.C. here in New York and, and um, uh, uh, yeah, and, uh, and all, Nassau, calls, you know, every, everywhere they – Everywhere that they did something that I can get to, I got I, I've covered. Hell, that. I went to World Series of Fighting one, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and that's the that's where PFL started. So I mean, you're two, both of us have supported them from day one. You've, you yeah. know, especially from the media side, um, you so did a I, lot of writing. I, I don't know, yeah, and interviews and and mm-hmm. things like that. I mean, I mean, you know, Lance Palmer was pretty vocal about it about about uh, not fighting and wanting to fight, and I know uh, Malky Kawa, uh, the, he manages. Uh, some of those fighters and, and announced on social media that, that there was, you know, looking to get fighters out of contract. Brandon Lafayne, who, you know, thought he uh, found some love because he didn't win a contract off of contender series was excited to get going. And then, you know, and, and Kayla Harrison of obvious is the obvious one because she's their, she's their biggest star. I mean, I'm glad she got that fight in Invicta. She got, we got to see how the, how dangerous she could be with elbows. Um, and then she she was supposed to fight again at Titan FC, and that fight didn't fall through because her her it was a rematch against her and Jose Cotton, someone she Cotton, beat already. Yeah. But, but Cotton was like twenty pounds overweight or something like that. So yeah, poor. I mean, it sucks for for Harrison because obviously she was just trying to get going. So I mean, look at we're, we're I think they uh, they announced that April, which is earlier than normal, is when they're going to come back. But like li- they really do need to, to turn up the marketing and and. Like, like, like what the money you saved not holding events 
you need to put it into some serious uh, PR overload and market market the hell out of what you whatever you're going to do if you're going to let folks remember that you're there um you know what i mean i mean grant interviews if, to everybody if they want to be a big time player if yeah. they want if they just want to be but and which is what they seem like they want to be i mean yeah. when, you, when you start signing anthony pettis and rory mcdonald and fabricio Verdun and and you've got you know these some of these other names um you're you're saying you want to be a big player so mm-hmm. Let's if you're going to be a big player, let's step up and start and start getting some some fights going. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, they, they, they never had big crowds anyway, so like it's not like the gate is what's keeping PFL out. No, you know? I mean that's just the truth. Um, no, and they're on ESPN Plus too, so I mean it's just more, you know, it's 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 more for them to to get. I mean ESPN slash ESPN Plus. Uh, they've always broken up the the cards. So um, again, again, they're starting earlier. They're supposed to uh, do their first event in April. So uh, again, I mean, April seems to be like a magic month that I'm hearing with, with everything as far as people trying to get going, you know, with the vaccine out and stuff like that. So, like you said, the gate's not a big deal. Uh, you know, if anything, that should have made it easier to put on events. But I mean, again, we can't hash the past. We, I mean, we have to look no, ahead. To, no, to what, and that's what, why I didn't want to be. Yeah, yeah I didn't want to be too negative. I just felt like they dropped the ball there, and and uh, I, I was thinking about you actually when I was th- that day. I was thinking like Ed normally would be in New York. You know, oh, we have please. to be going on. I, you know? I, I put up my picture of Lance Palmer <laughs> posting at midnight when he won his second million dollar, you know, thing. I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a good night too. It was fun. It's, it's it's actually nice to bring in the new year with the PFL. So I mean, I mean if if that's a tradition that keeps going, I'm not going to be far from coming out there for a new. I've never done New Year's Eve in New York. No, uh, it's not we, worth it. Uh, fuck. I know that. it's chaos. I know it's chaos. <laughs> But I, you yeah. know, but I, but I sure as shit could go sit in that event, walk outside, grab a beer at at Penzi. No, no, I, what, you, life, you know? what you would do? I'll tell you exactly what you do. You would, you'd be in the fan. I'd, I'd do media. You'd be in the in the crowd watching the fights. When it's over, I'd meet you outside, and we'd go to Brooklyn and, and get drunk. I mean, there you, that, there you go. That's get the hell out of <laughs> yeah. Get the hell out of Manhattan. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh man, yeah. Let's let's hope. Let's yeah. hope that, that things come together and, and we get there. Um, yeah. With that said, uh, we're looking at uh, a guest for next week, uh, which we'll hold off on naming anybody because you know how the, the world works. But uh, yeah. we've got three UFC events to look forward to. Um, one this weekend, which obviously we we're going to talk about anyway, but we'll catch up on the following two this weekend. Uh, early, early. This has got to be like the you got to love this start time. Uh, actually, main, I mean, or is this one th- three p.m. East Coast time main card noon prelims? Uh, on ABC. Uh, so no, no ESPN Plus. Uh, you can get it with rabbit ears this time if if you uh if you have the ability. Yeah. So. UFC well, makes its venture back to uh, to cable TV or uh, network television. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, it looks like they're doing both ABC and ESPN Plus, and the prelims are on ESPN Plus. But Correct. the um, the, uh, the as far as the start time, I mean, I'm going to record the 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 ABC portion because you know I'm out and about Saturday, <laughs> so so during the day, I mean, I do my own training, and then I got to go help my parents and stuff. So I'll, I won't be on Twitter tweeting away about. It. I'll catch it later. I'll actually be home in time for the press conference, which is still, again, I don't mind the early card. It still gives me something to watch and do and go back and watch on, on Saturday. So I, I have no no complaints from me. Um, I do uh, I do enjoy an early card. I mean, I have a feeling this is just trying to set the tone 
for uh, uh, the, I think maybe that pay-per-view might be early again, right? I think that that's a normal start time. Um, mm, once uh, we get to that card, I can double check the time. I think this is the only one that has a crazy start time. Okay. There might be Wednesday card might be early too. I'll, as we scroll through the fights, I'll, I'll yeah. keep an eye on the time. But you I know, know this, this one is the, the nine, the 12 o'clock Eastern prelim start right now is what's scheduled. They do have nine prelims scheduled for a three hour window. So yeah. that we, I could see that possibly uh, backtracking uh, another hour and maybe them doing a, a 11 p 11 a.m. start time on the East. So, so one thing I, I want to bring up just because I mentioned it, uh, when I did, uh, I, when I talked about this this card with the guys over at Sure Dog or Ant Walker's podcast that I did just be the last week of the year, the Tuesday, be the last Tuesday of, of 2020. So I want to mention it here, and I, I might have. So I apologize, anyone that follows my stuff. I apologize if it's redundant because I, I probably mentioned it also on um, Sunday submission over at MMAnews.com. But um, I have to. Uh, I I kind of want. I'm asking because I want your take on it. Do you think they're doing this so they could be first uh, on CBS? I mean, I, I don't even know. Remember if I mentioned this last week when we had Hunter or the last episode we had Hunter on, but um, you know, because obviously, you know, with Viacom CBS, I mean, it, it's and Showtime Sports, it's easy for for Bellator to just throw their event on CBS. I feel like this is just a move for uh, you know the UFC because uh, you know we all know Dana White loves being first. Um, and you know they, they like being the leading promotion in combat sports. Um, I feel like this is just them, you know, because an early card like this. I mean, how, what kind of ratings are they going to do on a Saturday? I don't know. Are, aren't there other sports on? Like, oh yeah, they'll be going up against NFL playoff games. Yeah. So, uh, what do I think? Uh, I'm, I'm ABC was always the 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 network that I like I stated earlier on the show. I, I it's kind of the family network, so mm-hmm. kind of weird. Uh, yeah. it has a weird feel to it. UFC on ABC sounds strange to me a little bit, um, but uh, I think this is Disney, ESPN, whoever the hell the upper arts, basically just kind of putting their toes in the water. Mm-hmm. Like let's do something in the middle of the day on a Saturday when there's a big NFL game on the other channel. Um, we mm. may not get great ratings, uh, but we'll get solid ratings and we kind of get an idea. We can get a feel for how, what our audience thinks about this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there is, there's still that nervousness uh, after the quote unquote riot that we had in Tennessee uh, a couple years ago for the Bellator or uh, for strike force. I mean, got it forever ago now. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and we all, we see all this shit in the world and somehow that was, you know, the riot, the riot in the cage. It's like it's mayhem. Fucking Miller and the Diaz brothers. Like, what the hell do they think is gonna? You know, like yeah. it, I mean, it's just to me, like it's just idiotic that that was the scene that all of a sudden caused uh, MMA to get taken off of network television. So I don't think they expect big ratings. The UFC traditionally hasn't done great ratings on on network television, uh, at least anywhere near to what the early days used to be. Uh, I believe the biggest rating still on network television is the very first UFC, uh, which consisted of one fight. Um, Actually, maybe two fights. I think they did two fights. I think they put the uh, Guida Henderson co-main event also on that, that card with the uh, Dos Santos and Velasquez uh, heavyweight title fight. Um, But uh, they, uh, I, I just think it's kind of a feel as far as beating Bellator. I'm sure. I'm sure that there's something there, um, 
just knowing Dana White. Uh, I don't think it's anything big, though. I think I do think Bellator has dropped the ball by not being on CBS. I always wonder what the hesitation is. You know why? It's, the, it, it, it's definitely the the zone contract. Is I that mean, is that what kept him off of CBS? I mean, is that is that a hundred percent? Like, I mean, now that we're expired, we in theory we can. You know they they should move that way then, right? I mean, I guess that's yeah. Why. No, I I think they should, but it's definitely it's definitely the the zone contract because uh, you know I mean well, I, the, every time I bring it up, it pisses me off because the zone the zone could have done something great with Bellator and and KSW and all the other top FC and all the other MMA promotions they were showing there. But I mean, this is our podcast, so I'm allowed to say whatever the fuck I want. They yeah. fucked up. <laughs> they, yeah. They fucked. Yeah, but I guess my question would be trying yeah. to understand the DAZN contract. The way I understood it is basically the DAZN contract was for uh, like for the years that they had it. Like we had the the heavyweight Grand Prix. Basically, the Grand Prix were uh, exclusive to DAZN, and those didn't simulcast on Paramount. The events that were Paramount events. Did DAZN have the rights to those? I understand that they I mean, simulcast it, on I, I DAZN. Think it's- I think I, I I don't know the specifics of the contract, but it was definitely broadcasting rights. Like, I mean, either you're showing it on Paramount and the Zone, or you're showing us stuff. You're showing exclusive stuff to the, the Zone, and it, it looks like if they were going to do anything else anywhere else outside of the the body of work of of what Viacom CBS owns, you know, they're they're uh, they're trying different things. They're they're, they're they're trying to make their own app, you know, like to stream like everybody else is. So. So I, I think that there's a lot of things going on in in the background, but I mean the move to C, the move the move to CBS Sports it's just it, it it's obvious, especially I mean you know our boy Nolan King from MMA Junkie he's he's been at all the events at their bu- excuse me their bubble in Mohegan Sun, and it always comes up at the press conferences, and Coker just says, "Listen, we have a contract with them, so when it, you know we're just waiting to hear back from that." He's addressed it several times, and he's just like, "Listen, where he's." You know, we'll put stuff on like that last event. They didn't even they didn't even put on the zone, and people in Canada missed out on that last event yeah. because of that. And so, and of course, it came up that one. And Coker was like, "Yeah, well, we have you know, we have to wait till that." It's, it's, as, as soon as I don't know when the expiration date is, I would assume it's it's going to be some maybe this coming June or I forget how many years it was. I have to look back at when I originally covered the contract to find yeah. out how long it's supposed to be for. But the uh, only reason why I know it's June because is because. Uh, uh, I um, you know, I was. It was in June that they had a press conference, so it's either going to be this coming June or whatever it is. Whenever it's over, I think that's when we'll start seeing jumps to Showtime, CBS, or Vice. Or however they do it, well, it's going to. I mean, they're just waiting until they can because so they don't get sued by anybody. I hope so. I hope so. Uh, hopefully, they get they get full backing and they actually get pushed um, onto to those platforms. That would be cool to see. Getting back to this card. Um, not going to break that. We got a lot of events. Uh, this fight's got a lot of fights. Um, uh, this card's okay. I'm not overly impressed by it. Um, yeah. Again, like if you were going for mega ratings, you 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 know, you might not have kind of a washed up Carlos Condit in the co-main event. I mean, again, yeah. that's disrespectful. But you know, I mean, I listen. Condit, Matt Brown. I'm going to watch all day, night, maybe 15 times, depending yeah. on how good the fight is. I just, you know, it, it's 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 kind of just a it's it's a it's kind of a Bellator fight. I mean, if I'm going to, if I'm being honest, it's, it's a, it's a, a fight that, you know, could potentially be great, but doesn't have a huge uh, ramifications on, on the future necessarily. Yeah. I mean, they have, they have some, I mean, the, 
Obviously, they have, there's a reason why King Buckley's on the main portion. They're hoping for another highlight reel. If he if he does another highlight reel KO on uh, on uh, ABC, it's good. That's going to be correct. I mean, Buckley's a big name. Uh, you got Ponzinibbio making his return. He's been gone mm-hmm. forever now, so that's good. I mean, that's why I said the card, and, and he's fighting Jili Lang or Lee Jingling Lang, um, which is who's exciting. Uh, you know, uh, Chinese fighter. Uh, so, I mean, the card's got potential. Um, it's just the na- names. I mean, there's so many fights now. It's just hard to keep up with the names. God bless the people that are actually able to keep yeah. track every single guy. Cause I can't do it any longer. Um, <laughs> but with that said, the main events, Max Holloway and Kelvin Cater, um, this I have is an a- exciting ass fight. How do you, what do you think? I mean, it's exciting. I'm looking forward to it, but. One of the things that jumped out at me that I, I kind of talked about this past Sunday was like I'm wondering, I wonder if this is one of the uh, one of the plant like UFC is trying to lay some seeds, you know. Obviously, if you got a, a Holloway fought McGregor, you know McGregor's fighting his his rematch against Poirier, uh, you know, at the end of the month, and, and you know the, the, there's history with Holloway and McGregor. So I'm wondering if they're trying to lay seeds for future McGregor matchups, especially because I mean we. Let's keep in mind that this is you. You mentioned um, many times l- last year that uh, Connor Connor fights if there's a crowd and there's obviously they're doing some sort of there's some sort of ticket sales and crowd. I didn't being, even think of that. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't even think of that. I was starting to so, feel like an idiot for saying he was going to fight without a crowd, and sure yeah. shit, now he's got a crowd. Yeah, so so or or a partial crowd or whatever they're doing yeah. there. So I'm wondering if they're trying to lay seeds for like like I mean because if you looked at Dana White's. He did almost a half an hour interview with Brett Akimoto on uh, yesterday um, over on ESPN. It's on ESPN's YouTube channel if you want to watch it. it. Wasn't the I mean I, I didn't take a lot from it. I mean I didn't write anything about it, but you know everyone pulls an article out of every fucking sentence uh, Dana White says. Um, but one of the things he said, well, he was uh, very on Connor again. I mean, almost like uh, in 20, 2015, 2016, the way he was on Connor, and um, it looks like. Uh, the version of Conor McGregor that's competing this month is somebody that we could see again. So, I mean, he almost has Conor winning against Dustin Poirier at the end of the month. So my thing is, if Holloway's a favorite, which I think he's a minus 150 for this weekend favorite, um, if, if, he's a, if, he, if he gets past Qatar this weekend, I'm wondering if that's something they're going to try to spin for back in the summer should they, which they will likely probably be making their way back to Abu Dhabi uh, you know, in the summer, if they, if they're if we're mirroring, you know, this year against last year, so I just feel like they're they're trying to uh, let, uh play, do some road work for for at least six months ahead. I I mean that, that perhaps I don't necessarily I if first off in this fight, um, I'm gonna pick Holloway. I mm. think it's gonna be a really close fight. Um. It's either that or it's going to be the end of his basically his run, which is kind of wild because he's still really young. So, yeah. But if he has three losses in a row, um, then that that's not a uh, that's a tough. Generally, that's a tough uh, mountain to climb back up, uh, especially in such a deep division. Uh, so I'll go with Holloway. As far as McGregor goes, first thing is I sat here, uh, gosh, last January. Uh, driving to Vegas, what about a week from now? Week, week two, week, you know, I think it was the 18th of January, mm-hmm. and I was I heard how Conor McGregor was going to fight three times in the year. He <laughs> fought Donald Cerrone, beat him in 40 seconds, and we never saw him again. 
So I don't believe a fucking word Dana White says. This, <laughs> this, this is all, this episode's gonna get explicit lyric sticker. Um, but uh, <laughs> but. Uh, you know, I, I don't believe a word he says when it comes to Conor McGregor. Yeah. He says, McGregor, this is the McGregor that'll yeah, fight. Yeah, McGregor does whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. This is the McGregor that'll fight anybody. I call bullshit. If, if, if Poirier comes up limp and they try to give him Chimeyev, he will he run for the hills. He ain't fighting. He ain't fighting a, a wrestler. Not, not on a week's notice, not on two weeks notice. Especially somebody that, that doesn't mind fighting on, on short notice. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like he's talking. Yeah. If something happens to Poirier, we know we know what's gonna happen. The main event will be Hooker and Chandler. I mean, mm. we know how this is gonna go down. There, you know, I, I'm sorry, especially if he's not fly, fighting in front of a bunch of Irish fans. He did the Mendez thing when he was trying to work his way up the, the chart because he had twenty thousand Irish fans that had flown across the country. And I don't think he was a millionaire yet. <laughs> no, well, yeah, I mean, he might have been a millionaire, yeah. but he wasn't a he wasn't lifetime rich, you know. Yeah. At that point, um, there wasn't no so, proper twelve back then. <laughs> no, no proper twelve. No, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, but it, it'll be interesting. I don't know how that works. I, I I don't know if McGregor's motivated enough to go down to 155 to fight Holloway. Holloway obviously can't go up to 170. So I mean, it, it it it's it's a weird weird dynamic. I think if McGregor wins, he's getting a title shot. Like they're straight up. I'm surprised they're not handing him a belt if he wins this anyway. You know, uh, knowing that they want him to be the champ. So yeah, I kind of I kind of foresee if if Hooker and um, you know, if Hooker and Chandler's a fight of the year and somebody pulls that off, I, I could see them fighting that fight coming up with McGregor. I mean, uh, although that's all great fights, though. I mean, no matter who wins with the next few events, as far as uh, I mean, I know we're looking at Holloway and Qatar. I get, by the way, I'm with you on, on, on I can't, I can't, it's hard to pick against Holloway just because, uh, uh, Not if you look three at losses in a row, three losses in a row is tough. I mean, no, two in a row are to Volkanovsky, but, um, and then the you last know. one was the split decisions. There's people that think he, he didn't he didn't lose that. So you know what I mean? Like like it wasn't like a bad loss. It's not like he got knocked out or submitted. So I um correct. He uh, looked I, good I, in his last fight. Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, I, I I ran across a clip. I mentioned this on Sunday when I did my thing with MMA News. Um, I ran across a clip of him talking to Rogan uh, on how the first time he fought uh. McGregor, he didn't have a striking coach, and now you know. Obviously, now he's he's been a champion. He's got a full camp. Um, I, I I just see. I mean, that's the cool thing about these the rematch at the end of the month and the, and this fight now is like the. I mean, they're so just so. Holloway's a headliner because he's just so far evolved as a, as a mixed martial artist. Now it, it's it's uh it's really hard to pick against him, and that's not to take away from obviously you know everyone's got a puncher's chance or a striker's chance or. You know, like Calvin Qatar's no no slouch himself. So, um, again, but he's uh, Holloway's a favorite, but minus one fifty is is like not a huge favorite. So there, I I, I think we'll, we're, we've probably got another potential January fight of the year because uh, wasn't uh, Joanna and and Wei Lee in January as well? And March. that was oh, was it March? Yeah. March. So I right mean, after, right after the lockdown shit started. Are you or sure? Right before, it was the week before March seventh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah co-main event for israel and uh romero yeah so i feel like i feel like i mean the beginning of the year i mean uh if, if they're, they're probably it's on abc too so they're probably both really you know um we've we've talked to enough fighters to, to know like that uh when they know that there's eyeballs on them there's something that sparks uh and plus it's the first first event with them with fans back too I and mean, who knows how that's going to affect what we see that night so 
I'm excited for it, man. I mean, I'm hopefully I can get my parents to turn it on while I'm, you know, helping them out. <laughs> um, but otherwise, I'll, I'll be uh, I'll, I'll be off Twitter until the evening, Saturday evening. Yeah, so that's Saturday, and then uh, we get a midweek um, event, which is cool. Like this is one of the UFC where they do it like once a year, where we get three events in a week. So they're doing the Wednesday um, again, early start time, not as early. Uh, this is a six p.m. Eastern start time. So maybe that's uh, actually, yeah, it's not super early. That's normal start time. That's uh, on regular ESPN, you said, right? ESPN Plus on Wednesday. Oh, right. you know, according to according to topology. Again, no, I don't know I'm what. Going, kind, I'm, I'm yeah, so you're not change. big. Not going to go down this whole card. This was supposed to be Leon Edwards versus uh, Chimeyev in the uh, in the main event. That fight fell through for the third time, I guess. Maybe second, third, fourth. Seems like, looks like both. Is it broadcasting on both? It very yeah, well might yeah, be. I'm, uh, I'm looking at Wikipedia. Uh, yeah. Uh, again, uh, just for folks that watch this, I know I normally put this stuff up on the screen, but because of our technical difficulties, I don't know if uh, the stream could handle it. So, um, But th- I like that card. I mean, actually, the prelims, uh, uh, Ricky Simone, Gaetano Perillo. I mean, the thing is, you, we, we can't look that far ahead either uh, not just because of COVID and all the bullshit that could happen between now. We've seen enough fights fall apart on, on fight day. So uh, that's why that's why we're 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 probably not going to go through everything. Yeah, I'm not going to go down the card. Just looking at the main event currently right now, as it stands, the former co-main event moves to the main event with that change. So it's Michael Chiesa versus Neil Magny. Um, I I think I said it on here before, and I don't even know how many times I've been right or wrong, but I'm just going to pick Neil Magny to win every time I pick against him. He wins. So uh, you know he, he's currently on a three fight win streak. So I've probably picked against him three times, um, but. Uh, you know, I'm going to go with Magni to grind out a win. I don't see this being some incredible fight um, for a Wednesday night card. Like you said, some prelims. Uh, there's mm. an Emergenetov on the undercard, undefeated 12-0 fight. I have, to, I have to see their dimensions. I feel like uh, I know Chiesa's got a really nice, an underrated submission game. I wouldn't be surprised if he could uh, if he, if he could sub- submit Magni. So just to be devil's advocate, I'm going with, with Chiesa. Uh, let's see, 6-3 Magni, 6-1 Chiesa. Uh, 80 inch reach, uh, Magni, 75 and a half inch reach for Kiesa. Um, oh, so he's got the reach advantage. No, Magni's the longer, lankier fighter, two oh, inches okay. taller, five inches reach, four and a half reach. Mm. So, but that I means that's limbs, though. Like you said, like you talk about submissions with the arms and stuff. Um, yeah, you know, he, but, he's uh, but not- guys with that ectomorph body type are, are, are notoriously difficult. From my observation, you know, so that's correct. That's but I feel like he uh, has like searching Darces and like I, I feel like he's more of a choke, the choke as opposed to, uh, you know. Yeah, he did the one at one hand. He did the one handed Kimura the one time, which is pretty that's unique, true. you know. So that's what I'm saying. He's got an underrated like he's he's got a a nice eye for submissions. Um, um, he's uh, what was it? Was it? Oh, I'm thinking about that fight. What's the fight I'm thinking about where he argued with the ref against Kevin Lee? Yeah, yeah. So. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I, um, I don't know. I just think it's, uh, I feel, I feel like he's got a chance there. No, I mean, I think it's fifty-fifty. I'm just not going to yeah. pick much against Magni. I mean, that that, uh, that card also Roxanne Modafferi versus Viviana Rajo. I, I like watching uh, Modafferi fight. Uh, she's, uh, she's paid well for me in the past as a better. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, she's so. been good. She's been good to the, that, that wager on her. Um, yeah. She gets underrated and gets crazy odds against her sometimes. Yeah. But that's the midweek card. And then, obviously, this all wraps up on January 23rd with UFC 257. 
Um, this is the normal start, start time, pay-per-view start time, 10 o'clock uh, Eastern for the, uh, for the main card. Um, you know, uh, it, not the greatest pay-per-view card, but a pretty damn solid card. Uh, I, it, I feel, uh, I feel like it's going, it's not even complete. Cause there's one, two, three, four, five, six. This is only seven fights on, on the card from what uh, I see. Yeah. yeah um, different on topology. There's, there's four. Uh, oh, so, okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. Wikipedia is behind. So basically the main card we're looking at right now is our main event, which is a rematch of Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor, mm. uh, co-main event of, uh, Daniel Hooker, um, facing the, the, the new newcomer to the UFC, Michael Chandler, former Bellator lightweight champion, two-time champion, uh, mm. Jessica, I, Joanna Calderwood, uh, Marina Rodriguez, Amanda Rebos, and then the top prelim currently listed is Brad Tavares versus Antonio Carlos Jr. For some reason, I feel like that that's a main card opener now. Um, as you said, these things change. A uh, couple things yeah. when I jumped at the card that shocked me. First of all, Carlos Jr. is only 10 and 4. Like, I feel like I've seen Carlos Jr. <laughs> fight like 42 times. And I, and I, I, I enjoy watching the guy fight. Yeah. I just feel like that there was a time a couple years ago where he was like on every single card, like when they were trying to do, when they were doing the Brazilian Ultimate Fighter and all that stuff. It just no, seemed like I, it was Carlos Jr. everywhere, you know, shoe face all over the place. Um, so I was shocked to see he was only 10 and 4. Um, Tavares is obviously a good matchup for him. Uh, being hard to pick a, pick anybody in that. Um, Curious. I actually going to pull up the odds right now because I imagine it's pretty dang close. Um, and I don't see any odds. Shoeface has always, always, always that's Shoeface has always been uh, somebody I've, I've I've always favored, and usually, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm I right when I pick him. So yeah, I, I didn't realize he also had a flying triangle submission win over Gary Tonin in submission. Yeah, I mean, I got to yeah, look that yeah. one up. Like that's like when I saw that, I mean. You know, anybody who, who followed my stuff when I was doing some covering of uh, Metamorris and, and EBI would know that my, uh, you know, my casual jujitsu fanness for Tonin was pretty crazy at that time. The dude was absolute beast. So anybody that does a flying friggin' triangle at, you know, 205 pounds on That's Gary Tonin is, is friggin' crazy. Um, yeah. So that's a good fight. Uh, a rebus coming off of her win over against Paige Van Zant against Marina Rodriguez. She's got a lot of hype behind her, so you know now she now she gets to, now she's moving into the you know nothing take nothing away from Paige, but now she's moving into the upper echelon of the division. Um, you know, top top contenders are gonna she's gonna fight a top contender every fight she's got um, mm-hmm. until she's either washed out or or wins the title. Um, Jessica I working her way back up against Joanna Calderwood. Calderwood coming off the loss to Maya uh, when she kind of rolled the dice. She had the title shot. Uh, she rolled the dice. Maya beat her, and then Maya went on to uh, to have a fairly competitive fight with Shevchenko um, despite losing. So that, obviously, the top two fights on this card are what the the, the ma- vast majority of people are, are uh, rooting for. I see that most people are seem to think Dan Hooker is going to walk away with this pretty easy. Uh, I think a lot of those people that think that uh, never watched Michael Chandler fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that that's probably the, the quote unquote UFC fans as opposed to MMA fans. Yeah. I'm not saying Michael Chandler is going <laughs> to win this fight, but uh, I fully expect a dog fight. I don't think, I think we're going to see a lot of blood. I think we're going to see a lot of, I, I think this is going to be, yeah, I don't. Neither of these guys are, are bowing out early. No, no, neither, no. neither of these guys are taking the easy way out. No, but 
so the, the the there is a history though of uh you know i mean whether you want to admit it or not there's fights fighters will tell you that that have been anywhere anywhere and uh you know uh, i know we're going to talk to someone that's fought in the ufc hopefully soon uh with the with the next coming upcoming episodes but um so we can ask about it but there i, I it looks like there is such a thing as ufc jitters um i know i know alvarez didn't really suffer them when he fought and won his the lightweight title. Uh, that's actually where you and I first met at that at that event. But um, he lost his first fight. He lost to uh, Donald Cerrone in his first UFC fight. Yeah, he, he lost that. But then, but he, when he when he what I'm saying like like yeah. you know there, there there's there's the, you're you're solidifying my point is that is that usually these guys when they cross over they there's there's uh there's a lot of hype behind them. Look look at the who's the guy that beat Chandler twice. Um, uh, why am I forgetting his name? Oh. Uh... He's on my wall here. Uh, <laughs> uh, Brooks, Will Brooks. Will Brooks, ill Will Brooks. He beat Chandler twice convincingly, got to the UFC, and and, and we didn't see uh, that version of Will Brooks or, you know, I mean, I was all on the Will, Will Brooks hype train. So, I mean, uh, I, don't, I don't know if it's it's a UFC fandom thing or if it's just, uh, you know, folks that have followed these fighters into the UFC with the exception of Justin Gaethje, obviously. <laughs> but, well, yeah, but, but you know, Gaethje started off one and two. Yeah, I, I think but he's also jitters, he's also a maniac. Oh know, no, no, I get you. <laughs> yeah. Um, as far as the UFC jitters thing, I believe is one hundred percent real. That goes yeah. back all the way to the nineties um, when I was talking to guys who were fighting in the UFC. I mean, it was a real thing. It wasn't. There was a different vibe fighting in UFC eight as opposed to fighting, uh, you know, in Pancras. Um, yeah. So that there is a real that is legitimate. Um, I, I think Chandler's a veteran enough. I mean, we didn't see UFC jitters with like Adriel Adesanya. You know, we like I, I feel like some of these dudes that Will Brooks Wall had some big fights and obviously yeah. had Chandler's number. I feel yeah. like Chandler having fought in Japan, having and, and yeah, and yeah, that's true. Yeah. I feel like Chandler's been the poster boy long enough where like he's not going to feel the pressure of being Michael Chandler. You know, Will Brooks might have felt the pressure of being Will Brooks a little bit. He was the champion coming in, you know, this right here, like, and I don't know what Will Brooks got paid. Chandler got fucking paid. So I I don't feel like there's the same, like, I have to win. If I lose this fight, I'm done. You know, Will Brooks probably made 30 grand for his UFC debut. He loses that. He makes 20 his next fight. Mm -hmm. You know, Chandler's going to make life-changing money in his his first bout. Uh, So that's that's I think could be something different. I just, uh, there's nothing in me that believes Chandler is going to like that. We're going to see like a, a flopping Chandler, you know, like I like, we're going to see no, some I mean, up, dude. Like yeah. I, I feel like he's going to come in here and he's excited as hell from all, all reports to be doing this. Um, this is what he's been waiting for. Um, so I just feel like uh, I want him to win. I like hooker too. Oh I yeah. Like, uh, you know, but I want Chandler to win. I want Chandler. Yeah, to come it, it'd be nice. It'd be nice to be if he wins, and and it's kind of like, all right, that's that that that's something that shows that. Listen, I mean, there's 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 guys out there that are good that that you don't know about for the for the casual fan for the for the, the you know the. I don't know. Part of me doesn't really care because those people, if they don't know that by now, <laughs> then we're never going to get yeah. to them. But uh, I feel like that this that. I, mean, I don't know. He's one of my favorite fighters. So to see mm-hmm. him, you know, we've even talking, we talked about him with Matt Marsden when we had cut Matt Matt on. And it's like, this dude was Bellator. This is, yeah. you know, Bellator's 12 years old or whatever now. And this dude was, was Bellator. Um, 
and he's moving to the UFC and he's at the, towards the end of his career. So we're probably, like I said, not going to get, you know, we're probably not going to get a 10 fight win streak out of him, but uh, I expect him to go like five and three with eight of the greatest fights you've ever seen. In your yeah, def- definitely a title shot. Definitely a championship material. As we know, I mean, multiple time Bellator champ, lightweight champion, tournament champion. So um, yeah, no, it's definitely one of the fights that are, that if, if it's not on your radar, get it on your radar, especially because of uh, the, the potential future that for either man, um, leading up to, uh, you know, with that division, especially with the main event on the same card. You know, that brings us to the main event, a rematch from uh, UFC 178, I believe. Without looking that up, I think it was the, the Mighty Mouse card mm-hmm. that that was on, um, which was originally Cormier and Jones, uh, the first time they were supposed to fight, which eventually moved to UFC 182. Uh, but um, I want to I, I want to think Poirier can win. But they did fight one time, so we do have some footage of Poirier getting crushed in like a minute. I understand mm-hmm. that that was a different Dustin Poirier. I understand that, but he still was crushed in a minute. So it's hard for me to pick him to win. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tend to, you know, I, I tend to love watching McGregor fight, but not being a McGregor fan. This time, I think McGregor beats him. I mean, I we saw what he did to Cowboy, and I'm not comparing Poirier to Cowboy. Um, because I think we all kind of saw what was going to go down with the cowboy fight, even though we maybe didn't want to say it out loud um, last year. Uh, I, I, I just, I think McGregor wins. I, I, I hope he doesn't. I'd love to see Poirier just beat him to a friggin' pulp, mm-hmm. but I just knowing what I know, I, I feel like it would be crazy for me to think that Poirier somehow, you know, I don't think he knocks him out. I mean, I, you know, we've seen McGregor take shots, yeah. you know, I just, I, I wonder how, if he's going to beat him, he's got to grind the hell out of him. He's got to push him up against the cage. He's got a dirty box. He's got he's got to hurt McGregor early on and and not let him off the hook if he wants any chance. And I just I as much as I'd love to see it, I just I just I can't bring myself to to think that that well, McGregor lose this fight. Interestingly enough, uh, the last guest we had, a Hunter Homostek, who who was here to promote uh, his podcast on the Brawl Network. He and he and Dwayne Finley had uh, Dustin Poirier as their first guest on their on their podcast, and uh, I mean, first of all, I I, I think I mean like you, you said uh, Poirier is not the same fighter that he was when they first fought. I think he's way far evolved mm-hmm. to the point I, that 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 this fight this rematch to me is is worthy only be, not not only because of why how it came to be with both of them wanting to do their own charity event outside of the UFC and things like that. But I mean, it's a testament to show how the the mental maturity and and the the maturity that uh, I don't think Poirier was a black belt when they fought in, in jujitsu. I mean, we've all we are, Conor McGregor's losses. He's got a hundred percent loss by submission. That's it. That's his. Uh, you know. So if if he hasn't again as a fighter, you hope they evolve. But I mean, we just said how how McGregor he fought the one time. We don't know how far evolved he he's got he is. And um, you know, I I think uh, Poirier being the a different fighter, not only is it skill wise, but you know, um, me- his mental maturity is what he talked about with Hunter on the Brawl Network podcast. Um, I think uh, I I think there he stands a strong chance of winning. Um, listen, when you put Mag- odds makers and McGregor's, if you're a betting man, obviously uh, McGregor's probably the favorite for that. But I'm going to go ahead and, and say that if I, I would. I'm putting money on, on Dustin Poirier just because I think uh, if he is, I, I haven't checked the odds, but if he is the underdog for that, then uh, I feel like that that's probably going to be a, a smart bet to make. 
The guy is just uh, he's evolved so much for his as a, as a striker, as a grappler. I mean, you know, he uh, he he definitely has a move that McGregor's probably. You know, that's one thing though. Like you know, everyone knows that Dustin Poirier's got a, a crazy tight guillotine. He's probably going to go for that guillotine. He said it to Hunter. He called it the, the, the guillotine island. He said that the, the that they were going to call the the change the name of the the venue to guillotine island. But um, uh, if you look at um. Uh, Connor's fight against Chad Mendez. He's definitely uh, he definitely drills guillotine escape. So I don't know if that the if he if he wins by guillotine, I'll uh, you know like I don't know I'll I'll, I'll dress like a hipster or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean everything you say is totally valid, and and I, I a lot of this takes into account like what McGregor really shows up. What Dana White says is irrelevant. Are we going to see a? a guy who's been binging on alcohol and booze for the last 10 months or are we going to see you know somebody who's really taking it seriously i mean mm-hmm. we, we until it happens you don't really know um and, and if you know if mcgregor loses then obviously there'll be excuses left and right uh, <laughs> i just i i just it's hard for me to pick against him as i mean i picked against him so many friggin' times and been wrong yeah. Um, I, I, it just, it's hey, not, I, I've picked against him and been wrong too, but I mean, I know the I, 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 I was right. I know. I know. I just, it, I, it, it plays in my head and I like the, the guillotine thing. Okay. Like if, if like, I don't know if uh, so McGregor is going to get off early in this fight. Like he always basically comes at his opponent and like, there's, there's not like a, he doesn't, there's not like a waiting out period. He usually comes out and is firing early. You know, other than like the Mendez fight, maybe because he got taken down and then, you know, maybe another fight here or there. But everybody else, he pretty much strikes at the dude within like the first seconds of the fight. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think Poirier's just got to not fall into that trap. Poirier no. is to be patient. And no, Poirier, of these two guys, I'm trying to think real quick. Has McGregor ever been in like a bloody back and forth slugfest? He usually finishes this dude's off. Like yeah. I can't. Like Poirier's been well, to listen. hell. Back. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like I don't know if McGregor's been to hell. He's been submitted I, quick in some fights, and obviously he got drowned by Khabib. But like, I, I don't feel like, and I know Mendez had him busted up, um, but I don't feel like he's just been, you know, hasn't fi- had to fight through a broken eye orbital, you know, to get, <laughs> yeah. to get where he's going. So yeah. I, I think all that stuff can happen, and that can obviously change the dynamic of the fight. Um, it's a fun fight. I'm glad that, that we're not getting Diaz McGregor. If we're going to get McGregor, let's get him against the legitimate competition. And, and Poirier is the number two ranked lightweight right now. So yeah. I'm curious how they play that. Does Poirier get to walk in second? Like usually McGregor doesn't play second fiddle to anybody, but he's the higher ranked fighter. Yeah, uh, it'll, it'll be weird to see how the UFC does it. Cause I believe the higher ranked fighter usually is the second one to always walk. Come in. on. You know, they're going to walk in Connor. Uh, I, know, yeah. I know, but again, like, <laughs> but, but is, is that's what I'm saying. It'll be weird to see how, how this kind of unfolds because like, this is the first time that I guess not the first time he was the second ranked fighter. I'm trying to remember in New York, Eddie Alvarez obviously came in behind McGregor. McGregor mm. came in first, had all that smoke and crap, but he was the champion. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see, uh, see how this goes, but I don't know. Three fights next week. Uh, obviously, you know, Saturday, Wednesday, Tuesday, we plan to have a show again with hopefully have a guest, um, and, and look forward to potentially be looking forward to the, uh, the, the XFC, uh, movement in, uh, 2021, uh, as they take over PFL spot a little bit on NBC sports. So um, 
I guess until then, check us out uh, on Twitter at Combat Hour, Coast to Coast Combat Hour on Instagram. Follow me at MMAHawk21 on Twitter and Instagram. Check out Ed at Carbazal on Twitter, Carbeerzal on Instagram, Old Head Carb on Twitch. Uh, and as he said earlier, Periscope's moving on. So uh, if you watched him on Periscope, uh, check out Twitter Live. And uh, as usual, you can find our video content on www.allaccessmma.com. Ed, good chat. Look forward to uh, next week having a guest and being in the middle of all this craziness. Yeah, that's right. I didn't even think about that. We're going to be in the middle of a night before night before the Wednesday night card. But, yeah, it should be interesting. All right, well, we'll see you next week. All right. Have a good run here. I'll talk to you. Hey guys, Ed here, East Coast side of the Coast to Coast Combat Hour podcast. If you like what we're doing, make sure you subscribe on YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, if you'd like to help us out and donate, uh, the support links are in any of the uh, podcast descriptions and some the links are also provided on our YouTube channel, The Blogboard Jungle. Um, thanks again for listening. And if you give us some support, we'll give you a shout out on the podcast, maybe... Uh, bring you on for a UFC pay-per-view breakdown or two. Thanks again.